Let's go. Six Pack Double Feature with your hosts. I'm not Nathan. I'm not Travis. Hey, there you guys are. Join Nathan and Travis as they pair and compare your favorite and not so favorite movies. If it was on the shelf at your local video store, it's fair game. Grab a cold one and let's do this. It's the mature thing to do. It's Six Pack Double Feature. What is up, gang? I hope you're hanging in there. Hope you enjoyed those new credits. A little, a little leaner, a little meaner. A little cleaner than your peener. <laughs> if you know got what a bit I, of if you know what I meaner. Snapping <laughs> open a can of beer, we got Gene Wilder saying, Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh gang, we are primed and ready for today. We have recorded a couple of pick sixes already. We have had some beers. We have talked about some music and some other things. We are we're loose. We're loosey goosey. Yeah. Ready to talk today. We've got a long form episode. These are uh, a little more. Uh, you can, we can stretch out a little more. Talk about a little more. Just a little more in depth about a couple of things instead of a little bit about a lot of things. And we've, we've had this one on the books for a minute. We have. Um, one is a personal favorite of yours. One is a personal favorite of mine. I think we're. Uh, I think the Twain meet. The though. Twain meet because <laughs> on the train. The, 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 <laughs> tutu Twain. The Tutu Twain. Um, I think we both have admirations and we don't dislike the other film, but it's not what we grew up watching. But the simil- I don't discredit either film. The similarities uh, yeah. in these two films are are great because they're, they're Gene the- Wilder and Richard Pryor's take and the respective director's take on kind of a genre, but you throw these two disparate fucking pair of comedic <laughs> actors and human beings and their chemistry is rocket fuel so damn so what would it be like to have like this alfred hitchcock like thriller um but instead of like cary grant we get gene wilder and then halfway through the movie we give you richard pryor and what do you do if you have a <laughs> late 70s early 80s raunchy prison break movie but instead of clint eastwood and fred ward you get Gene Wilder and, and Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor. Well, we're going to find, find out, out today. today. <laughs> because today, gang, it is... Silver Streak. And Stir Crazy. I can't fucking wait for this. Silver Streak is your movie. Yeah, that works. Moreover, let's uh, let's check out Silver Streak. They're the baddest cats ever to streak across the screen. Who are you? Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder in a movie that's pure runaway fun. You go all the way to Chicago. There's romance and adventure. There are villains and heroes. This has been a nerve shattering experience for me, so I'd like to go home. Climb aboard and get ready for the ride of your life on the Silver Streak. Viewer discretion advised. Friday at 1130. Friday at 1130. Viewer discretion advised for this PG movie. Those warm, those old uh, 70s, 80s TV spots, they just warm my cold, dead heart. (laughs) I love the glitches. They're the best. Was it viewer discretion because Richard Pryor was on there and they may say the N word? Well, it was back. I'm guessing. What do you know? Uh, what year that, uh, that app I was did from? not, but I'm going to guess that it was probably late 70s, maybe <laughs> early 80s. Program director's warning: There is a black man in this movie, so <laughs> make sure your wives and daughters are in bed and safe. 
I love that Richard Pryor in that ad gets top billing and he doesn't. That's not. He gets second. No, he's, he's third. He's top billing in that ad. No, not in the Richard ad. Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Yeah. That is true. He doesn't appear until how many minutes into the movie? 63. And I don't mean to jump around here, but he appears in the most Richard Pryor way. <laughs> as, as someone who has just been arrested no, in the back no, of a police no. car? Just, he sits up and just, just <laughs> folds, himself, oh, oh, folds oh, oh. himself into frame. <laughs> he does. And he's like, what's going on, man? <laughs> I don't, I, who are you? I'm a thief. I'm a thief. Not to jump ahead. One of the first notes I put down here is like the concept of traveling across the country by train, even in the 1970s, seems archaic and outdated <laughs> at that time. Now it's dangerous because they are not paying attention to any of that infrastructure. Well, yeah, and I didn't want to go passenger down, trains. Yeah, I didn't want to go down the rabbit hole of like when were 70, when was train traveling like in the decline. It was after World War II. Like so, by the 1970s, it was rare. But the fact that they're like, "I'm going to take a two and a half day trip on the Silver Streak to Chicago," I would do that right now. I would do it too. But the concept for most people would be like, "No, I'd, I'd rather get there today, yeah, if I can." Time travel, 76, right? Yes, Silver Streak. Okay, absolutely. Um, who directed this? Arthur Hiller. He's done some other. Anything stuff. anybody might have known, big. He directed uh, Hear No Evil, See No Evil. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. He did like Love Story. He's done a few other things, but that's all I can think of off the top of my head. All right. So quick off the top, gang, if you don't know, Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder, they did technically five movies together. Four. Technically four. Technically five. Really? Because Blazing Saddles was Oh, okay. If, you're going, if you want Pryor. to count that one, yes. Okay, yeah. then. I count it as a writing credit for Richard Pryor. Yeah. And they he, wanted him. I think Brooks wanted him, but the studio was like... No, it was Richard Pryor saying, these white, no, these white dudes, dudes can't write handle. for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. And I think, we're, I think we're, we're, we're better for the bargain, that we got Paul Mooney writing the jokes for Cleavon Little and Cleavon Little in it. I would love to see Blazing Saddles with Richard Pryor. <laughs> One um, time only. But that would be great. No, anytime. Anytime. Anytime, anytime Richard Pryor wants to show up and bump Cleavon Little off the stage, it's it's no disrespect to Cleavon Little. He's Chef's Kiss in Blazing Saddles. He is. But this is the first time that they were on we're screen actually together. paired, yes. And like truly, a more disparate flavored sandwich could you not create? <laughs> In theory, than, than, than Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Until you see them on screen together, and you're like, these motherfuckers yeah. are two peas in a pod. I know, like, right? They, they, they fill each other's negative spaces so well. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's so beautiful. Uh, <laughs> and I, I love that this is, this is truly a, Silver Streak is truly a Nathan movie. It is. Because it, it's, it's, it's gentle pace at the beginning, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's got like a classic Strangers on a Train kind of Hitchcockian Absolutely. thing. And uh, Ned Beatty gets killed with his bad fucking teeth. <laughs> I, I already put down here, I'm like, the idea that Ned Beatty, who was clearly in his prime in this film, was someone who got laid a lot on a train trip that lasted two and a half days is a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> with what must have been the worst breath. <laughs> I'm no Brad Pitt over This here, is two years from uh, Otis. Otisburg? Otisburg. 
Otis Dontology. But this is four years past um, getting butt fucked in the woods <laughs> by a couple of hillbilly boys. I, yeah, yeah, I guess you want to put it that way. I was going to state like <laughs> raped or I was anal penetrated. <laughs> I hadn't. I, I was probably in my late twenties, maybe early thirties, the first time I saw Silver Streak. Okay, honestly. Um, I was probably 10, 11, I think. How? How did your parents let you watch this? Oh, uh, we'll get there. Oh. I don't, I don't, no, no, no. I mean, okay. we'll get there. I don't uh, Rewatching it, that was one of my thoughts. I, we'll, we'll go right there. I said, I'm going to guess I was about 10, maybe 12. I said, this was a rental, possibly even a cable movie. Um, and it seems odd now, watching this at age 46, that there was enough talk about sex Women who ride trains to get horny, vitamin E for your pecker, etc. Yeah. That I'm honestly surprised that my parents didn't initially consider this movie inappropriate. What, how do you think it slid Did the past TV them? version, did it not have as much converse? Did they try to figure out a way to cut out the... I would love to see if I could find a TV version of this movie. Like, how much did they take out for well, you, no, stop broadcast right. television? Stop you right there. You'd have to find a TV version from 1978. Yeah, yeah. That's because what I mean. this whole movie could just play on TV now. Absolutely. Because it's not offensive. I mean, there, there's not... Let me back up. There's some offensive shit that we'll talk about later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... It's not verbally offensive. There's no, there's no swearing, or if there is, it's it's nominal. It could be ADR'd out of existence. But like meeting a woman or a man on a train and splitting five bottles of champagne, and fucking, and that's not crazy. Yeah, and especially in today's standards. That's what was right. funny to me for this. Like when you're like, I grew up on this, and I'm like, how no. you weren't allowed to watch <laughs> He Man. Like that wasn't allowed, allowed to watch He Man. I don't think I had interest in watching He Man. But either way, yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. I, that's why I was surprised when I. That's why I noted it the way I did. I'm like, damn! Like once the first night is kind of over with, and he gets kicked off the first time. Do you have a counter? Not a counter for what? How many times he gets it's kicked three. off the train? It's three. Okay. I well, thought it was more. Thanks for stealing my thunder for later. <laughs> I had a whole thing. It's actually six. Uh, it's actually six. Is but, it? Yeah. No. Thrown from the train count, or two hundred if you count the evacuation. Oh, okay. He gets uh, he gets thrown off the train, or he's off the train six times. Six times. All right. Physically, son of a bitch. Every, every time. time. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great joke. I just thought the idea of Gene Wilder as a romantic lead in a feature film just seems really peculiar. The 1970s were just a different time, but man. He fucking plays he, it. So he pulls well, it off dude. really well, but his, it's just weird. Like, he's suave as fuck. He's, like he's he's lit well, and like he says all the right things to Jill St. Valentine, or whatever the fuck her name Hilly, is, whatever her name is, Hilly, yeah, actually. Hilly. And yeah, St. Valentine sounds like a I made, porn I, actress I, name. I made it up, I was, but a porn actress, Jill from, like, the Clayburgh. 60s. I made it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the idea of him initially as the romantic lead in a movie just seems weird. But he really does well in this movie. No, he does. He does. 70s pants. <laughs> dude, if I was skinny enough and tall enough to pull them off, they fucking, they, they, dude, they slap. If you can get them proportionate, you look good as fuck in like some bell bottoms. Or like some flare. Right. Fucking nickelback jeans. <laughs> To make you look taller. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
I didn't realize until earlier this week when I watched it that it, that while it starred Richard Keel, and I knew this. The nail comes out on Tuesday. Right. <laughs> as the giant menacing thug with poor dental work, as referred to as, with poor dental work, was a year before he actually showed up in a James Bond movie. This was a, this was a precursor. Are his teeth literally that, in real life silver? Were they in... Yes, they were, they were in this. No, I mean, were they're, they silver in um, Happy, uh, Happy Gilmore? I don't know. I can't. I don't think they were. But we're, yeah, it's weird, right? Like, weren't they in the process of shooting one, like this movie? Like in the process of shooting a Bond movie, and they came on because he only has like three scenes. But there are like three or four scenes. But there's like he's got metal teeth in this before and he had him in, in, in right James Bond. before I, he's referred to his jaws and his boss re- says he has poor dental work i think i think he might have been like a fucking mk ultra experiment <laughs> or some shit and he has it does seem weird he's got metal for teeth he's got metal his teeth have gone metal do you think they had to build sets a little bit larger for him what'd she find on that i don't know um <laughs> nope nobody was, asked you nobody asked you do you think they actually built the sets a little bit larger? Because I've been on I've been on a train like within the last five years that how's bragging camp going? Retrofitted, that's still the same size that it was when it was first built. Um, there's some. How like, tall is he, Richard? Seven Keel. foot two, seven foot three, seven foot two. I I knew I wrote it wrote it down here. That may like, have been a set because when they when they when they do that thing when they open the door between um, Hilly and. What is Gene Wilder's character's name? Uh, yes. Skip. It's not Skip. George. It's George. Skip is in the next one. I know. Twice. <laughs> That's the character, yeah. right? That's the character I yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when they open the door between their cabins, it looks excessively large for a train. Yeah. I, I thought it was... I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of those that are going to be sets anyway, but yeah. it just felt I like think it. you're probably right. I think it was probably... They made the set pieces a little bit bigger. Maybe forced perspective, Peter Jackson style. Okay. So the main villain... Patrick McGowan. McGowan. Mm-hmm. I never knew how to pronounce his last name. Yeah, I know. The, the prisoner? I'm pointing at a poster okay. on the wall I, hear, I have here of the prisoner. Yes, number six. Not a number. I'm a free man. Because I wasn't sure if it was pronounced McGowan. McGowan? Or McGuhan. Because I want to. I would say McGowan. Yeah. I'd want to pronounce the H initially. <laughs> but then once you say that, it just bloody American. It doesn't sound right. But it seems like he often plays douchebags. <laughs> if not, he plays one well. He plays a good stiff pop pickle stick. Yeah, absolutely. And in an odd turn, as it may be, um, he plays the warden in Escape from Alcatraz. Yes, he does. Which is my favorite prison escape movie. That's a good one. Which is. The next movie is a prison escape movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just an odd little Travis connection there. Um, no, he's a good, like, like, is he good, is he bad character right. actor? Only in a 1970s picture that stars Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder can you get away with a man, a white man with a black face, shoe polish, wearing a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as well as the use of the N-word four times. Four. Who uses it? Uh, when they're when they're stealing the car that's pure pussy. 
the guy has the rifle on him, calls him, calls him that, and then it's used three other times it, towards the end of the movie because he calls him that, and then prior Pat- Patrick McGowan calls yeah. him, yeah, and then uh, prior rings it back like twice in his response. So it's really only it. it's, really, it's only really only two, two times, times because yeah, yeah, Richard yeah. Pryor can, can say, say the, it all. He, he can wants. say the n word. He, yeah. he could Richard Pryor could come back to life, book one night only. Uh, at any theater in the world, and literally only say the n word for With two and a half hours. And for two and a half hours, and I would, <laughs> I would watch it. Part of me was like, when the fuck is Richard Pryor going to show up in this movie? I need the other half of this comedy team. Yeah, yeah. And you don't. I, but yeah, he I, shows up at the perfect, perfect time, fucking time, dude. And he shows up in the perfect fucking way. <laughs> he is so beautifully in this movie like it's not too much not no. that there could be too much richard pryor but he doesn't it's at the perfect time yeah, it's like the you perfect said. it's the perfect blend like i'll even say the front half of this movie could be a little long but i get what they were doing it's 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 not a wacky screwball comedy buddy cop yeah. movie basically no it's, it's a, tra- a murder it's, mystery it's a murder on a train yeah. mystery and then you get also if you like murder on a train mysteries and you, but like you also to, like richard pryor and you also like to be entertained by one of the most comedic genius brains on the planet an hour and a, an hour and three minutes into this movie you get richard pryor for the rest oh, of the movie for the rest of the movie okay and i would even argue when he leaves and go, oh i forgot i was like oh shit he's leaving he's done and then he comes back uh, yeah and then he comes back and, and it's oh, like that's right <laughs> i forgot way to fucking make the third act of this movie a fucking micro version of the whole movie <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Because it had been probably fifteen years since I'd watched this. Like I have it it'd on been DVD. a minute. Yeah. I have it on DVD, but it had been a while. And so when I rewatched this, and when he was like, you know, he just wanted to be dropped off wherever, and he was out, and I'm like, fuck, he's gone already. Left my car in Kansas City. Oh no! And then he shows up. I'm like, oh, thank God, that's right, he's not. <laughs> I'd even got me, you yeah. know, that yeah. I forgot that he comes back. I, we've pretty much already done gone and reviewed this movie but would you like to hear a two-sentence summary absolutely have you ever wondered what it would be like if gene wilder and richard pryor were in a hitchcock movie now you don't have to (laughs) it's spot on it is i mean it's not nearly as like sticky with suspense as right. a Hitchcock movie but, but it gives you just enough it does it's like what the fuck is going on why is why 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 Nathan are Ned Beatty and his garbage teeth pulling pussy <laughs> on the railways of this country to and fro and the rest of us get smacked in the face okay then here's my question now what doesn't work and okay. that cuz i have a few notes because I was being a little, not pedantic, but it was... I had to be a little pedantic myself. If you don't like mysteries, you're not going to like yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you don't like movies with a, that kind of pay their story out a little more slowly... Yeah. Like a mystery. Actually, mysteries... If you don't like Gene Wilder, you're not going to like If this you don't movie. like Gene Wilder, <laughs> and if you're expecting this to be more of a loud Gene Wilder, uh, Richard huh? Pryor romp... It is not. It's not that. Otherwise, it is exactly as advertised. Right. Um, I think for a modern audience, what would do it in is being um, on a train. No, all jokes aside, yeah. 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 Uh, Being on a train, because 
I've never I've been on a subway, but I've never been on like a cross country train. And out here, it's not even commonly used as it is more on the East Coast. You know, up, no, yeah, like to travel to another state or or yeah. whatever. Like out there, it's used a lot. Here, it's the only other thing that doesn't nothing. work for me. And and we talked about it about five minutes ago. And now that I, I think, as I say, it, it negates itself. But originally, I said Richard Pryor doesn't show up for an hour, but it actually kind of, in hindsight, actually, it's perfect it, showing. It's it, the perfect timing for him to show up. Yeah, because you don't want to put too much brown sugar into your barbecue sauce. Yeah, but put and it too in. early. Yeah, not not <laughs> you don't want to ruin much, it. Not too early. You yeah. put it in too early, it'll burn. Yeah. Got to add that sweetness at just the right moment. Exactly. Not not even a race With joke. That fucking I'm not even making, sheriff. Not even the fucking dude from James Bond. The fake ass Buford T. Justice. Yeah. Good God. He I was forget. he was good. He was fine. Yeah. Um, that's what. There's not a lot that this isn't my favorite collaboration between these two. Right. It is my second favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you because that. Because that last half. Is fucking brilliant with him and Pryor. It's just it's it, yeah. it works so well. Um, I have a couple of notes with with what doesn't work. The first was, good God, I couldn't. I, I forgot that it took an over, just over an hour for Pryor to show up. Um, I think they could have shaved five to seven minutes off of the lead up to George seeing the dead professor, as well as probably another ten minutes between being thrown off. And when Son they of first a bitch! Hit. But you know, being flown in a you know an old school like world, era World War One era fucking plane. I love how that lady kind like, of busts his balls and she's and like, and then she buzzes the sheep like twice. You know how to jerk off, dude. You yeah. can milk this cow, right? <laughs> Let nature take its course. Real quick, like, that's not how you touch a teat. <laughs> James Bond character count. You have Jaws and you have the Sheriff. Right. Two. Okay. I was thinking maybe there was another one that I didn't catch. Not that I, I didn't. Guess not. Not that I caught. Steve! <laughs> she always called that lady called him Steve. Yeah. My name's George. I want pizza, Steve. Um, I think it was a bit absurd, the huge shift with Roger Devereaux and his crew in the final act where they all had secretly packed away a bunch of assault rivals <laughs> to fend off the authorities. It was just like... What, what do you Nothing, think is going to happen? And then everything. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. It was where just it, like where did George? Where did you pull these from, George? Where do you think this is going to go? This is your voice of reason. What do you think? What is the what is the most possible positive outcome from this? You kill everyone and no one sees it. <laughs> Come on, George. Also, George Devereaux. Or, it's uh, the name of Roger Devereaux. Oh, okay. Because George Devereaux is the name of Blanche's husband on Golden Girls. Okay. Been doing a bit of a George binge. Caldwell is his name in this movie. Been doing a bit of a Golden Girls binge on Hulu lately. So oh, I yeah. Just, I just know his name is George Devereaux. To me, Gene Wilder freaking out uh -huh. is just as funny as Tom Hanks yelling. Oh, yeah. It's it's great. What's so funny about this podcast is I went into this going like, I have such thin fucking notes on this. I'm not going to be able to talk about this movie. I don't even really like this movie that much. And now that we're talking about it, I'm like, uh, no, I, I yeah. didn't, I didn't hate, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't I dislike this movie, but talking about it, it's like the action scenes in this movie are fucking great. They are. They're better than I was remembering. Because what you just said, I, I have, I didn't clock it at all. I was yeah. like, fuck, fuck George, get off the fucking top of the train. Get off the top of the train. God damn it. Just God when he, you're, just, out of, you're out of your element. 
But what's funny is when he's trying to explain everything to the sher- the county sheriff, <laughs> shot him with a spear gun. <laughs> shot who with a spear gun? Uh, a what now? A what now? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a favorite line or a favorite scene? Um, I do. We've talked about thrown from the train count, right? Yeah, thrown three, but he'd been removed from the train a total of six is what you said? Correct. (laughs) I would like to mention the exterior shots of when they're in Canada. Really? We'll get to trivia, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm I'm spoiling one of my notes. That's okay. Fuck me, because I just assumed it was like New Mexico, northern Arizona. Most of it was most of the train shots, exterior train shots, were shot between the Rockies and Toronto. Well, I'm talking like when George is off the train and he's walking down the tracks. I'm not sure if that was in Canada, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where it was. Like those shots are gorgeous. Yeah, they are. The cold ass mountains and like you you feel that cold on him a little bit when he's got the fucking coat up on himself. Those are gorgeous. You can't. The cinematography in this is beautiful. Is beautiful. You can green screen it today, but it's not the same. It's not because the actor isn't suffering enough. You know what I mean? Right. I don't mean to jump ahead in the movie, but one hundred percent, my favorite scene, or actually, it's a sequence, is that runaway train scene at the end. When, oh yeah! When, when Patrick McGowan's character puts the toolbox on the thing and then gets fucking shot dead, and the train is all the fucking way headed for Busan, and then they're talking <laughs> to Fred Willard. <laughs> yeah, I love I love seeing Fred. That Willard's was just puss. so like out of the like. Oh shit! His young ass put him in that fucking shot. Yeah. I love Fred Willard. Well, there's no way that train. There's no way that train would be run away. Like, well, there's got to be a way. I love how they knocked out Devereaux's head. Like, he got decapitated hanging out that train. Oh, he didn't yeah. get shot. It's a great shot. Like, yeah. the, like the engineer was like, and then, it, and then runs off and falls off the train. But I'm a sucker for, like, I love, I love the zen beauty of something being destroyed, provided no one else is being hurt. But, like, shattering glass is one of my favorite things ever. If you can control it, and like I said, no one's getting hurt. You're not right. breaking anybody's fucking shop window or whatever. That train crashing into that station is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. The the symphony of destruction, thank you, Megadeth, <laughs> is... Like the last 10 to 15 minutes, almost 20, <laughs> it's fucking chaos, like a disaster dude. movie. It is. It is. Yeah. It's fucking great. I love this movie so much more talking about it than I did watching it. Like, you don't realize that there's several elements that you don't, like, hold on. This is kind of like a disaster movie, too. It is. Like the last 20 minutes, they can't stop the train and it plows into what, Central Station. What Silver, Streak has, what Silver Streak has as well is that, I, I, don't, I don't really know filmmaking terms, but it has the same, like, you're looking through a dirty contact lens that Superman has. That's that late seventies fucking. There's a look and feel that with. Yeah, I don't know like, if there's a specific term for it. There's a there's a there's a coating. There's of, a sheen. There's a coating of jizz on the lens. Or like I put my. You're looking through my fingerprint on the fucking lens of the yeah. camera. But it it diffuses the light more. It's a filter more than light. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. It has that, and it it makes it feel. Warm isn't the right word, but like it does have a softer, warm cut. Yeah, softer. So- yeah, softer would welcoming. be correct. Welcoming. It's- You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. 
Anytime, buddy. Uh, there's part of me that really wanted to play just like the almost five minutes where he's trying to convince uh, – Pryor's trying to convince Wilder basically to put shoe polish on his face to dress black. And it's funny. And it's great. And that's my favorite scene. We'll be right back. <laughs> I don't think we'll make it past the cops. We'll make it past the cops. I just hope we don't see no Muslims. I, I, this, that's the. I guess that's the only way you're ever going to get anybody signing off on that scene because <laughs> I, I don't want to touch it with a ten foot pole. <laughs> I think there were issues with between Durhe. Um, there were issues between the director and Pryor, and Pryor actually uh, walked off and would not come back until they shot it the way it needed to be shot, which is the way you see it now. So Richard Pryor took control of that. Yeah. He, he was like, it can only work this way. If I'm making fun of how dorky and yes. uncoordinated this white dude is. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, we'll t- we will talk about in Silver Streak. Um, no, we will talk about in, in Stir, Stir Crazy. Crazy. But my favorite exchange, though, that got the biggest laugh out of me that I hadn't heard in forever was when they're trying to uh, hotwire a car. And between <laughs> Grover and George, it was like, I'm following the plan. Just changed my mind. Are you crazy? I thought we were going to take the Chevy in the back. Chevy? That's a jerk off, man. This here is pure pussy. Pure <laughs> pussy. Tell that pure to the pussy. judge. Yeah. Pure pussy. Tell that to the judge. <laughs> uh, what was my favorite line or favorite scene? The train wreck. Yeah, that was mine. <laughs> pure pussy. When you would see this like, advertised on network television for like a Sunday afternoon movie, <laughs> the scene they would always show. Uh huh. Is Gene Wilder in blackface? I know, right? With that jacket on and that hat. hat. He and looks like a fucking Muppet, almost. You know what I mean? Like the hat, the colors of the hat. And, the and I know it was a long fucking time ago, and I know what he was doing wasn't at all in mean spirit. It wasn't taking the piss. Right. But Jesus Christ, does that. You feel a little mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I didn't want to watch it. I was afraid I was going to go on a list, man. Like it's like, and I love how they fought about him. Like he's like, I don't want to do this. This is the only way it's going to work. And he's like, I don't want to. Like George Correct. is like, I don't want to do this. That's what saves it. Yes, it doesn't come from a place of disrespect. He wasn't. He's like, this is real. <laughs> he's a. He is a. I think if. Me as a 40-something-year-old white dude, am unpacking this correctly? And if I'm not, please let me know. The, to me, what's funny about it is he didn't want to do it because it wasn't going to work. His friend signs off on it saying, like, it's the only way you're going to get your awkward ass on this. On this train. Right. The joke then becomes him, any sense of cool, any sense of, like, not being uptight. And he I, still doesn't have rhythm four years later. And I'm either. now I'm now laying that piece of paper down on the ground and backing away from it slowly. <laughs> and I would like to talk about my magic wand or what doesn't or my magic wand or my recast. Yeah, what is your magic wand or did you recast? I instead went with a uh, magic wand, and it's kind of boring. But I would update the music and make it a little less Henry Mancini. <laughs> yeah, and make it a little more. Everything was fine, but that piece of music they kept playing on the radio for the it just yeah, it yeah. just made it sort of stodgy. It made it, it sort did. of old school. I would give it a 
maybe not a 70s update, but at the time it was the fucking mid-70s, man. Everything was fucking cool, baby. It was groovy. Everybody was high on coke and shit. I'd make the music just a little more, give the same musical cues, the same sense of relaxation or romance or drama or in- intensity, but just do it with a 70s, a modern, what which would, would have been at the time. A 70s a, feel. A, a modern, yeah, time, what would have been at the time modern. That would have been my um, magic wand. I also would have cut maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. But you only uh, shave, you, whatever time you're going to shave, you shave it out of the first and second yeah, act. Yeah, yeah. Because the third act is, yeah. Sah! Yeah. It's a train wreck in a good way. <laughs> My recasting, I, I tried to go one I, for one. I have oh. one other note here oh, on the okay. side. I don't care if a black person tells you it's okay and helps you apply it. Never, ever, ever do blackface. <laughs> Thank you. With with recasting, I did f- five characters. Sweet. Okay, so I did the two initial leads and the female lead. Like I did Gene Wilder, Gene Wilder Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Um, I did the Hildy Hildegard character. I did um, Patrick McGowan. McGowan, and I did um, Ned uh, Beatty. Yeah, thank you. Kay. Good lord, I could not. Comp- Put any of those names together. Thank you for completing that for me. You're welcome. For George Caldwell, I picked Seth Rogen. <laughs> middle middle aged Jew, just schlubby. Forty years later, schlubby, not necessarily, not the same suave. kind of, not the same kind of humor. No, different. Not it's smell, different. chubby, pothead. But okay. okay. But I paired him with Donald Glover. Fuck yes. <laughs> Okay, dude, I fucking hate remakes, but I would, I would see that. One. I would give two hundred yeah. two hundred bucks at this Kickstarter. All right, okay. Uh, for Hildegard, I went with uh, Malin Ackerman, and she played Silk Spectre in Watchmen to play Hilly. Oh. I okay. wanted someone that was a that could be seen as unopposing, someone that was attractive, was a blonde, because that was pertinent specifically to the story. When I get to trivia, okay, but I didn't want a blonde that was known as someone who could also kick ass. I needed someone that just kind of played. You didn't know where play. she was coming from. Correct. Gotcha. Um, mysterious, the, yeah, kind of mysterious. For the FBI agent Bob Stevens, I went with Rain Wilson, <laughs> and then for uh, Roger Devereaux, I picked Peter Dinklage. Interesting. I like that, but I think he could pull it off. I think he'd pull it off. No, he could pretty totally well. Pull it off. Yeah, yeah. Now that'd be that Just would be a little a, shorter, but no, that'd be a nice work. twist. Um, they actually did that in Lone Wolf McQuaid. the The main baddie. Start a midget. He was a dwarf. Yeah. Was he? Okay. Yeah. 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 The, the main baddie yeah. was a he was a little person in a uh, he's confined to like an electronic wheelchair. Interesting. Yeah, it's been a while that was a, since that's, I watched Lone Wolf. McQuaid. Honestly, that's that's a cool that's a cool twist. I like that. So, you down for some trivia? Six-pack trivia. Uh, the film was based on an original screenplay by Colin Higgins, who wrote it, who at the time was best known for writing Harold and Maude. Mm, okay. He wrote Silver Streak because I had always wanted to get on a train and meet some blonde. It never happened, so I wrote this script. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Uh, strangely enough, Amtrak was fearful of adverse publicity of this script. Like... You're going to get murdered by a weird... So don't get on a train 
Right. They were afraid that it would be poor advertising on their part if they used Amtrak. So they refused to cooperate with the film, so the producers had to film a majority of the exterior train sequences in Canada between Toronto and the Rocky Mountains and work with the Canada Pacific Railway using the thinly disguised CP rail equipment that said AM Road, a. which seems dumb considering it's a rail. AM not, Road, A. Not a road. Um, Richard Pryor wrote the dialogue for the scene where Grover puts the shoe polish on George's face to make him appear to be black. When it was first filmed, the scene was changed so that a white man walked in and believed George was black. Richard Pryor was uncomfortable with the scene and felt it would be funnier if it was done as he wrote it. A black man walks in and is not fooled at all. <laughs> Pryor asked Arthur Hiller for a reshoot. Hiller refused. Pryor walked off the set and refused to return to filming until the scene was changed. Hiller relented and Pryor's idea was used for the final cut, which was the guy who was polishing the shoes came in no, and, I know, and, yeah. and said, you must be in big trouble. <laughs> not, oh, you're. What's up, brother? Yeah, that ain't gonna, that, that's not going to fly. I'm sorry. That that gives it the C plus passing that I'll allow it. Yeah. To but, and it's 76 C plus. You know, I get it. Like it, I understand. It, it, it has the Richard Pryor stamp on it of like not self deprecation, but like it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. There was not a huge amount of um, casting options, different yeah. choices. But apparently Patrick McGowan um, was cast only after the first choice to play Roger Devereaux had died. Which was who? I don't know. Okay. But he's dead. He was great as him. Yeah, he, yeah, absolutely. He does pull it off. He's a great, off. mysterious mm -hmm. character. Uh, producer Alan Ladd in 20th Century Fox paid a then record $400,000 for this screenplay. That would have been $2 million in today's money. Damn. One thing you also caught every time George falls off the train, he shouts, Son of a bitch! <laughs> this was the fifth highest grossing picture of 1976. Good for them. Care to guess, out of the top 20 from that year, how many other movies we reviewed for this on this podcast thus far? Smokey and the Bandit. No, we haven't reviewed that, and that was 77. Damn, I have no idea then. Not even one movie from 76, can you think of? 76? That, we, that we've covered in a double feature. There are four. Can you think of any of them? Get on with it. Yes, get on with it! Get on with it! The number one movie of 1976 was Rocky. Ah, oh, yeah, tried to block that. The number 10 was The Bad News Bears. The number 13 movie of the year was Murder by Death. Oh, nice. And the number 15 out of 20 top grossing movies of the year, Taxi Driver. Oh, oh yeah. I should have thought Taxi Driver. That's all right. Sometimes when you're on the, on the spot, it's hard to think of, oh, oh, oh. I'm so good at trivia until someone asks me trivia specifically. And then you're like, uh, Duh. <laughs> my dad's name is my dad. <laughs> Does it hold up? The pacing of Silver Streak straight away is sort of sort of lost to time. Absolutely. Because people don't travel trains anymore. Dude, this movie is quickly approaching 50 years old. <laughs> <That hurts. laughs> 
Um, it's a 70s movie to begin with, so the pacing is a little of its time. And it's paying tribute to a genre that was popular 30 to 40 years prior right. to that. Yeah, at least... Mystery yeah. on a train, murder on a train, lovers on a train. Train, train. So in that regard, it holds up. R- Richard Pryor coming into this brings you out of the early part of the 20th century. Train murder mystery into the into, into the, the latter half. It makes it. He makes, say into today, but into today. If he, today but was he did seventy six. Yeah, and, and he makes it. He makes it modern. He's a goddamn breath of fresh air. Kind of saves the movie for me. Without Richard Pryor, this movie is boring as fuck. I Not, can't imagine who else you would put in that place, white or black or brown or you know whatever. It doesn't matter who you put in there. I don't think it. I don't think it would have had the same steam to push. If I asked you, is this a Richard Pryor movie or a Gene Wilder movie, what would you say? I would say it's a Gene Wilder movie. Really? Yeah, because he carries the first hour. To me, it's a it's a to Just me to, to me it's the pairing. Yeah. Um, Richard Pryor owns as much real estate in this movie as Gene Wilder for being in it half as long as Gene Wilder. Absolutely. Okay, that I completely. That's agree what I. With. That's what yeah, I. Yeah, mean yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't love this movie. I like it more than I did having watched it last week, talking about it and realizing, talking about it, how fucking fun it is. Yeah, because um, you're not necessarily someone that you are not knowing you. You're not going to turn down a movie necessarily that's starring Gene Wilder initially. No, no, because no, I know you love Gene Wilder and I love Richard. Richard yeah, and Richard, love Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is a fucking god to me. That's there's no other way to say that. <laughs> Richard Pryor could read the phone book and make it funny, and I would watch it or listen to it or whatever. This movie is less funny than I think people that haven't seen it are going to think it might be going into it. Mm-hmm. And that was my initial impression the first time I watched it 15, 20 years ago. That was also, having not seen it for a, for a long period of time, my impression going into it this time was that it was going to be funnier than it is yes when it's funny it's funny we'll take you anywhere take you anywhere you want to go i left my car in kansas city (laughs) i love that line if i'm coming back to one or the other the two movies that we watched today it's gonna be the next one (laughs) but silver streak there's there's nothing wrong with silver streak right i would recommend yeah what do you think i think outside of some minor cultural or racial issues that always seem just <laughs> minor fine minor. For, yeah minor yeah i think you mind i think you mean minority cultural uh, issues uh it i i think what's odd is watching this movie and the racial issues that are obviously present here is that it was just fine for the studios for a mainstream release in the 70s and 80s you know but i think for the most part the movie holds up it's an unusual mixture of comedy action thriller and disaster movie it's a great fucking mix of genre yeah. movies. Um, I, 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 I can't, I agree. and I can't discount that this movie for me is still just completely nostalgic. Um, so it's really difficult to be hard on this movie, even though you know I kind of picked apart a little bit. But you know, for the sure. most part, I, it's still just pure nostalgia. One of my first impressions um, was like, "Holy fuck, two hours is it?" Oh, okay, great. but so is Stir Crazy. I know, I know. I didn't realize that either. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, <laughs> it's still my favorite Wilder Pryor movie. Like, like you said, we still lean towards what what we had. But what's funny about these two but the movies? Next, is- but I also said the next time I watch it, I may start at sixty three minutes. In. <laughs> <laughs> you and I with these two movies lean. 
wholly toward our, our, our comedic sensibilities. Totally. And our, our, I guess, kind of our storytelling sensibilities. Because you're a bit more long in the tooth with the story and with the joke. I'm not. No, I'm you're not right. Ta- I'm, I'm not, not, taking, not taking the piss. I know. I laugh because I know you're accurate. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I didn't mean to sound like an insult. Uh, I, what's not, not what Asshole. Asshole. <laughs> um, you're crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Columbia Pictures presents Gene Wilder. Oh. And Richard Pryor. They got this Korean doctor just set foot in this country. He's the one made the mistake on me. Korean. How do you go? Together again in Stir Crazy. I can't stop nothing my life. Stir Crazy. Rated R. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Now playing at a theater near you. They call me a maniac. That was the best one I could come up with. It's really? Because that's fucking trash. I know, that's right? That's the trashest fucking trailer. Like, what Unless f- you wanted an actual trailer, which we've kind of steered away from. No, I love the TV trailers, but what what, yeah. what studio had that much that little faith in the project that they were like, just, I don't know, get the janitor to fucking voice a trailer for and him you know and we'll put it on Fox 45? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? That's right. That's you. right. We bad. We bad. <laughs> How many times do you think you've seen this? Stir crazy? <sighs> 20. Right. 20, 25. I love this movie. This is my this is my Gene Wilder. That's right. Richard Pryor movie. It. The first thing that I wrote down here was Gene Wilder is the whitest white person that ever whited. <laughs> <laughs> He's from uh, Milwaukee, too, by the way. Is he? Yeah. Mm. He's not the the New York kind. He's no. He's a well. In the movie, he is. He's a New York Jew. They call him uh, Mayor Koch. It's okay to call him New York Jews, but if they call them a New York Black, would that be okay? Doesn't work. I'm backing away from that question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How old were you the first time you saw Stir Crazy? Uh, forty three, forty two. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, if we're going to that, yeah. Um, just recently, it, I was in my forties. Holy this movie shit. just was never on my radar as a kid, number one. Wow, dude. Definitely not in our regular lineup living at home. And so for some reason, I just never got around to seeing it. So I actually ended up buying. I wanted to see it. And it was hard to initially rent. And so I bought a Richard Pryor triple feature. Can you guess the other two movies that are on there? Brewster's Millions. No. The Toy. Yes. Uh... Superman three, <laughs> that'd be funny. But no, they're they're all Columbia Picture movies. Oh, okay. It's um, see no evil, hear no evil. Oh, it's God. the other pairing. That movie is trash. It's been thirty-ish years since I've seen it, and I think um, Kevin Spacey plays one of the bad guys. In it. Does he really? Yeah. yeah. In real life too. <laughs> um, Fake and real. I was probably in my late teens, early twenties, the first time I saw Stir Crazy that I can remember. Okay. And. I don't think I'd seen Silver Streak, but so I was probably I was probably in my late teens, early twenties, the first time I actually remember seeing Stir Crazy. And the little bit of research that I did just in just recently regarding Wilder and his and his impressions of working with Pryor, like the first time he worked with Pryor um, on scene, it was like they would shoot a scene. And Pryor would give the line from the script, and they would kind of riff a touch, and he would go off script. 
and then so Wilder, Wilder would go off script. No, Pryor, Pryor would Pryor. go off script. Wilder would just react the best way he just the most honest first thing he, that would come to mind because he said anything with improv. If you try to think you're going to wait and come up with something funnier rather than just what comes off, right. it's not going to work. So he would do that, and then Pryor would go right back to script. He's like, that's how it was with working with him. It was just the honest reaction that he could give with how Pryor was working the scene. Not to steal the piss out of the trivia, but yeah. most of their scenes together were improv Okay. Yeah. That's, so knowing like, that, I'm sure they had like this is where you start and this is where you end. Knowing see that, where it goes. Knowing that some of the scenes, uh, watching them back, knowing that it kind of shows. It's like, oh, okay, I get <laughs> you guys are not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we sentence you to 125 <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be 161 years old <laughs> when I get out. <laughs> One thing I love about Stir Crazy is he's a uh, 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 skip is a store detective. <laughs> you never you laugh you actually just laugh like he does when she says "fuck you." But right. you never figure out if she I'm actually a, was naked. Fan. You never figure out if she if was she naked was naked under that coat or she or actually not. stole it. Right. Yeah. I you love never, that. I love that you never find that out. But he you got, just know that he got fired. He got fired. So. It's still 50-50. Was, did she just pull clout? Did she just go Winona Ryder style and be like, I'm a fucking star. This motherfucker just accused me of stealing shit. Fucking fire him. And they're like, you're fucking fired. But she actually went on trial for that shit, so it's not actually accurate. Or was she actually naked under there and tried to steal the garment? I like that ambiguity. I think she was guilty. I think she was guilty, too. Because I don't think he would have approached her if he if he hadn't agreed. Just based based yeah. on the way his character is, how, yeah, yeah, how, yeah. how, how like his character is virtuous. Yes, I I I think that's actually that's it, that's it as well. But still got fired. So well, because she's a star. Um, I don't think people, depending on the age range of those that listen to our podcast, uh, understand how groundbreaking it was to have these comedy equals as actual equals in a movie in 1976 and then in 1980 like yeah like it was not it was not common at that time and you would think it thinks it seems weird to think about it but it's really true like when was uh uh 48 hours 80 uh, 82 82 think so, 82 so these guys did the 83 black maybe? white buddy cop thing First, yeah, they do. I mean, Amos they do it. Amos and Andy six years beforehand. Amos and Andy was a thing. But. I I read somewhere that at one point Trading Places was supposed to be Pryor and Gene Wilder instead of, um, fuck, <laughs> instead of uh, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. The tone that that would have been weird. But would have been weird just knowing because what happened, <laughs> like the magic they caught in that yeah the lightning they caught in that bottle it's just a different it, lightning it but it, it, would, it would have worked because yeah. their, their chemistry was equally like magical i but, just don't see wilder playing as pompous as Ackroyd does with that rich boy yeah so that would have been a little peculiar but yeah that would have been interesting i would have paid for one night watch fuck yeah, I'd yeah. For one night only <laughs> one night only 
Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor star in Trading, Trading Places. Places. Directed by John Landis. I mean, yeah. talk about blackface. They do blackface in Trading Places, mm. and it's on a train. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. We saw you in Cameroon. We had big time there. Holy crap, I forgot about that. That's straight Silver Streak, man. Also, doesn't age well. <laughs> uh, I love what I love about Silver Streak. I know. God damn it. This is stir crazy. I love the there's a term for it, too. And if you know it or Falcon, if you know it, it's music in a scene that isn't part of the overture. It's music that exists out of the jukebox. It's not incidental. It's di- it's not. Di- there was something we talked about it before. I think it's, we came up with it, and now we've already forgotten. It's, it's not it diegetic, but it's diegetic. It's music that's in the scene that you're watching, but it's it also exists in the scene with the actor because it's, they're hearing. it. Yeah, they're hearing it. Yeah, I love that nondescript fucking music that exists in the in the first part of this. Well, yeah, in the first part of this, when they're in that bar in New York, right? It's just the cowboy music. I I love that shit. It just it's nondescript. It also my my best example of it is the movie Duel. It's like perfectly generic. Yeah, perfectly generic. But you still <laughs> like it's it fucking still fuck fucking thumps. Like you want to? I'd, I'd listen to it on my own on like a Friday night if, after everybody else has gone to bed. I'd listen to that. Yeah, it's just twangy enough, just upbeat enough. Those are my first impressions. Do you want my uh, two sentence summary? <laughs> Every time you play that, it wrecks my train of thought. Uh, Sydney, they call me Mr. Tibbs. They call me Mr. Tibbs. Potier directs this unusual buddy comedy prison slash rodeo escape film. Gene Wilder oddly rides bulls, and Richard Pryor avoids whiteface while dressed up as a rodeo clown. <laughs> that is a fuckload of sentences, though. That's like three, four sentences of a two-sentence summary. Nope, it's two. Your budget is inflated. You write short sentences. I write sentences. You write short sentences. What well, doesn't work? <laughs> I know it's 1979 slash 80 when they're filming this, and things were often homespun and peculiar back then. But what bank manager in their right mind decides to go with a strange man in a woodpecker costume campaign to promote savings at the Glenboro Savings Branch? A desperate man. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Uh, the other one is the last act of the film. I think the movie loses some momentum when it focuses a little too hard on the rodeo and the escape plan, and they actually separate Wilder and Pryor. No, it, I see. For me, that's where it fucking. I think it's suspenseful. I think it loses laughs. I don't think. Oh, it's, it loses laughs. I don't for think sure. it's. As, I don't think it's as funny. No, it's not. I'm, but yeah. I think that's where uh, that's where it becomes an equal to Silver Streak because it ceases. Yeah, yeah. but Silver, that's all. Silver Streak starts as a genre film, train murder mystery thing, and then it turns into and then it, a then buddy it gets, comedy. Then it gets funny yeah. buddy comedy. This starts as a buddy comedy, and it turns then, into a prison break slash rodeo escape film. Okay, ex- exactly. What doesn't work for me in this isn't much. It's like that was a speedy trial. 
<laughs> that was a speedy trial. Hey, before that, hey, where did those pliers just magically show up so he could just crank that guy's dick? <laughs> the cab driver. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that <laughs> does. He, okay, here's another question. Now, you may have knowledge of this. I don't know. Um,. When ingesting marijuana that way, with, eating it, yes, yes, does it affect you differently? That type of marijuana, eating it, just straight. If you have a bag of marijuana, right, and you eat it, it doesn't get you high. Okay, you have, so you have to heat it. Okay, so when people have like gummies, it's just the THC. Correct? When, when people, or when people the, have gummies, it has been the, like the processed. Well, the flour right. has been cooked. To a certain degree, and whatever it is, and then that extract is put into whatever a butter or a jelly or whatever, and that oil now or whatever it's, yeah, is now yeah. it is active, and then it's put into a gummy or a fucking brownie or a so cookie. that's why it has to be lit when it's in a joint in order for you to absorb and for you to let it boogie woogie on your brain yeah yeah yeah. that's what i was thinking it just yeah yeah. straight up eating weed actually it's really good for you it's actually a superfood um but it doesn't get you high just eating it doesn't get you high i'm pretty sure the seasoning flavor is different than oregano (laughs) you yeah i I love his reaction when he sees the jar and how much she used like who uses that much oregano and fucking anything (laughs) let alone all of the dishes and how did he not punch her in her fucking head? Oh, that would have been hilarious. Using, what would have been probably fucking $150 worth of weed <laughs> in 1980. Ah, this is my sweet ganja from the motherland. <laughs> from the motherland, right. <laughs> not to take the piss. Yeah. But in 1980, Richard Pryor is not freaking out about you taking his weed. <laughs> he doesn't want you taking his cocaine. He doesn't want you taking his, his cocaine or his fucking pipe. Yeah, Richard Pryor running down the street. Uh, <laughs> well, not to jump around, but it, it's a thing that's in trivia too. But did you notice? Excuse me. Also, another motherfucker with bad teeth, Barry Corbin. The, yeah, the like, warden. Uh, just like ain't hiding that shit at go all. Go on, get them shits fixed, son. But uh, did you notice his name, Warden? Walter Beatty? Warden Beatty. <laughs> Saw that shit and I was like, that can't be a coincidence. I'm going to write it down just to be safe. <laughs> Not a coincidence. It was, it was, it was a joke. It was, it, was a, it was a piss take on Warden, Warren Beatty. That's funny. No. Uh, man. Joe Beth Williams? Hot. <sighs> yeah, boy. I tried to work her into my two-sentence summary, but I knew you were going to give me shit, so I took her out. I always give you shit, because you I always know. do more than two sentences. It's not two cents. It's two cents. Adding a semicolon is bougie. There's no semicolon. It's bougie. You're bougie. A hyphen is bougie. But, man, I find it funny that both Joe Beth Williams and Craig D. Nelson are both in this movie. Also in trivia. And then two years later, they're they, older guys. They, wouldn't it be funny if this is like their origin story, how they met? Were like, they smoking the? <laughs> were they smoking his weed? <laughs> Prior sweet, <laughs> because they get high in Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> do you have a favorite line or favorite scene? Because I do. Yes. I hope it's the same one as mine. What are you doing? I'm getting bad. You better get bad, Jack. Cause you ain't bad. You gonna get fucked. You bad. They don't mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, home, get down. Hey. You're a little too bad, ain't you? Yeah. Do some of these. Right on. Right. Yeah. That's right, that's right, we bad, huh? <laughs> that's right. We don't want no shit either. That's right. Darn right. We don't want no shit. You understand? Uh, we don't take too much shit. Yeah, because take a little bit. We don't take no much shit. Damn right. <laughs> that's right, say no shit. No shit. That's right, no shit. No, <laughs> I'm trying to get... We don't take no shit. No shit. <laughs> no shit rate. Mm -hmm. We down. ain't shit. No, you better believe it, baby. Hey, y'all! This is where it devolves into that uh, creepy old white dude swatting a fly that doesn't exist, and then it lands. Oh, on the back of uh, Apollo Creed's trainer? <laughs> yeah, it lands <laughs> on the back of that dude's head. And then Skip tries to, for some reason, play into the craziness of the old crazy dude and smacks that dude on his bald-ass head. <laughs> that is also my favorite line. Yeah, I mean, mine was initially shorter, but this one works just as well. But it was just like, you ain't bad, you won't get fucked. My favorite it, it's, <laughs> it's that line that's that, my, that delivery. So like, to me to me this is a more palatable version of him putting the jacket and the hat and the black face on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's still playing into a stereotype, <laughs> but he's playing into a cultural stereotype, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. a racial stereotype, right? Like <laughs> white people splitting hairs today on six pack double feature, right? But <laughs> He's just trying to put on a tough facade, and he's so bad at it. He's not bad. He's bad at it. But it's like, he says, what's up, Holmes? Get down. He goes, hey. Hey. <laughs> That's my favorite. I'm white. Hey. <laughs> not even that. It's not yeah. even that he's white. It's just that he's so fucking uh, he's dorky. Yes. What's up, Holmes? Get down. Hey. <laughs> Thank you a little too bad. <laughs> they go into this. My my cut of this went in another like probably two minutes of them like <laughs> prior trying to strike the match on the oh, surface. Did you ever the, notice the thing that's on his chest? I did, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, to strike the match. A bank yeah. robbery? You can kiss the baby. <laughs> kiss the baby? Yeah. Kiss the baby. I assume that means suck a dick. That's what I thought. Um, that that's. Easily, my favorite fucking scene in the movie is <laughs> Gene Wilder trying to have rhythm. <laughs> it's not Gene Wilder trying to be black necessarily. No, Back it's then him it trying was, to have rhythm. But it's yeah. him. But ultimately, it's him trying to have rhythm and trying and not him, be awkwardly Jewishy white. <laughs> yes. Trying to have street cred, and the, it all boils down to. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. What's up, Holmes? Get down. Hey. Hey. <laughs> 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 I love it. Uh, the other one is about a just under a minute and a half, and it it, it kind of 
<laughs> it's when you find out that Grossberger has been added to their group of being cellmates all together in the same he's, jail cell. He's been added to their campaign? Uh, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Un- <laughs> without their choice. Oh. Yeah, yeah let's, let's, he walks back, yeah. Let's roll that. All right. Guess who's here? How's my man? My my wallet in the uh, solitary. Could I? <laughs> oh, please. Oh. <laughs> Nighty night, boys. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Stand over here for a while. No, no, I'll just be over here. The tears on his face are what make it. No, no, I'll just stand over here. He puts his hands through the, just his hands, not his whole arms, just his hands through the. And the through fact the, that he's mouthing, help me, help me, please. It's Pryor's ability to hardly string two words together. The physical physical comedy of him being pressed up against the bug by Grossman, and Gross, to just Grossberger, uh, Grossberger excuse me, uh, just like half mumbling, where it looks like Gene Wilder is about to break character. Like Dude, that so that many- smile in his face, like. You're gonna have to call cut because I'm I'm laughing too hard and I can't I can't hold it. So like many he does times, that twice. So many times there. I caught at least four or five <laughs> of their exchanges when uh, Gene Wilder was. It's like I can't I can't. He was going to break I, character. I can't do it anymore. And it adds to it. Yeah, because absolutely. It's like have you ever been in trouble with a friend? Yeah, like I don't know. <laughs> and you're trying not to laugh. Well, your friend, like your a, friend's mom or dad, yeah. is giving your friend the fucking third degree, and yeah. you're like, <laughs> none of this is going to land on me. Like you're going to call my mom and tell my mom that I was an asshole today, and I'm probably going to get like you can't hang out with Eric for the next week or whatever. But like your friend is catching hell at home, and also just the the awkwardness of getting yelled at. You laugh sometimes as just you talked about it in these uh, um, um, Saving Private Ryan. No. Yes, Saving Private Ryan episode. The guy in the theater that laughed because there's nothing else he could do. Yeah, that was my buddy. He, yeah. he like he was nervous. And yeah, the old, like nervous. My, my nervous friend laughter. Ryan would laugh nervously. That's how it plays to me. When, okay, when yeah, you, when I you can, can see that. You can see as you like know, I don't know what else to do. Well, no, you can see Gene Wilder as an actor. He's yeah. about to break, and they they go to the moment before he breaks, and then they yeah. cut. But it also plays like a friend that does that shit, that laughs in a fucking awful Awkward, situation. Yeah, awful or awkward situation. And it adds to the movie for me. 
Uh, <laughs> He's smiling. He's just like, I'm going to stand over here. Help me. Help me. Help me. One of my Help favorite things, It's I don't have it written down, but um, when he's like, you're going to run for a Glimper prison in the rodeo. Warden, I can't do that. And then he brings you <laughs> to this psychotic shit of like, what? No. No. No, I said, I said no. I, I, you heard me say no. I can't tell. I, we'll talk about it in my cell. Um, I have to go. <laughs> it, it fucking that shit hooked me from the first time I saw this. It, it's just, it's so fun. I also love that prison gangs are never diverse like the prison gang. Like if you watch like any true crime shit, prison gangs are racially divided. It's probably accurate, but yes, no, you, that, that, yeah, it's, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not it's probably, not probably accurate. It's accurate. One hundred percent. White folks hang with white folks. Black folks hang with black folks. Asians. That was not as and, obvious here. Well, no, it? that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I, that's what I like about their prison gang. It's a Mexican dude, a black dude, a white dude, a big, tall, fucking, whatever the fuck Grossberger is, white dude, a fucking gay-ass black dude. I love their prison gang. I love how diverse their prison gang is. It's not That's not accurate. Did you notice that... Um, what was his name? Um... I think his name was Rory, played by George Stanton Brown, the the gas black <laughs> dude. The Did one you notice he, he had no problem wearing white faces? The other rodeo clown. It's white face, but it's not. I know it's he's just a, he's a rodeo clown. I yeah, get it, yeah. but you noticed how specifically Pryor did not have that where the other character did. I didn't actually. <laughs> I could see. Probably going, I ain't wearing that shit. <laughs> no fucking way I'm wearing that. I, I didn't. It's, yeah. It's interesting. It, yeah. Um, something to ponder. <laughs> what, uh, if you had a magic wand? This one was difficult, recast? so I just went back to the recast, and I just recast really? the two leads. Okay. Just the two. Okay. Kevin and Hart the, and who? Um, no, I didn't pick Kevin Hart. Um, I think it was... I went circa 1998. All right. Okay. Think okay. half-baked. Dave Chappelle and? Harlan Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's kind of... Because Harlan kind of already gets stuck in prison without anybody else when he kills the police horse in I uh, love butter stuff. <laughs> cup. Cup. I love buttercup. <laughs> so that's or where I Seinfeld. went. Yeah. Ooh, Seinfeld and Samuel L. Jackson would be funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the best part about that would just be Samuel L. Jackson's character constantly trying to make Seinfeld's character say the N-word. <laughs> it's cool, man. You can say it. We're friends. No, I'm not going to say it. That would you ever be notice in prison food where... <laughs> That would be funny. That would be funnier than what you said. <laughs> what I said would be funnier than what you said. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. I don't care. <laughs> that would be great, though. Samuel L. Jackson in Seinfeld. <laughs> Star, one night only, and stir crazy. <laughs> Guess which character they play. I don't have to. Tune in to find out. <laughs> uh... A bull! A fucking bull ate me! <laughs> Fucking bull gored me. <laughs> uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, shit. 
What did you uh, recast or did you? Uh, I did magic wand. Magic wand. Okay. So <clears throat> I had a bit of a trouble with. Sometimes these are harder than I would have thought when you sit down and do well, it. These two, these, these two movies were actually harder for me, way harder for me than I thought they'd be because I I like Silver Streak and I love Stir Crazy. When you sit down and try to like comb through Stir Crazy. There's not a lot to it. No, there isn't. It's really not. No, it's it's boilerplate story. Wrongfully accused. You can add the early '80s racial tension thing to yeah. it, and they do perfectly here. Um, and then the rest is they're just jokes. Set it up, knock it down. So what I did was I said, imagine a sequel picks up right at the end of this one. Like, holy mackerel, how many times do I have to ask you? After they ride off in the, Into the whatever sunset. car sure. with Joe Beth Williams and they've been free, although they were not actually freed by the court system. Correct. So now there's a full-on manhunt. Yeah, because they escaped. Yep. Okay. A standoff in a hotel somewhere in... I'm assuming this is Arizona. No, it's in Arizona. Let's okay. just say the standoff happens New Mexico. Maybe they make it four hours. Whatever. Cut to three years later. So the the it's it, it like Karate Kid Part Two, you know, it picks up right at the end of Karate Kid. You're yes. right, LaRusso, and then a little bit. Hold the macro, how many times do I have to ask you? They pick up, boom. Cut to Speedy Chase. Motel in New Mexico, manhunt, yada yada yada. We're coming in after you, Skip. Fade, audio fade, visual fade. They're walking out, hands up. Cut to three years later, and Skip's new play, Exonerees, is about to open on Broadway. The play then cuts to and from the play and the film. So it's kind of a meta thing. Okay. Telling the story of their. Second stretch for prison escape, being exonerated for robbery, and waiting uh, and writing this play. So, basically, what I'm saying is, did Skip write his play? They they escape from prison the first time. They make it to Mexico to New Mexico with Joe Beth Williams. Let us assume that Skip gets to fuck Joe Beth Williams because kudos for him. <laughs> kudos for him. There's then a standoff in the hotel motel. They ultimately decide through some comedic banter to surrender themselves. They serve another three years for escape from prison. During that three years, in a less harsh prison, Skip writes his play about actually what is the first movie, Stir Crazy. And she, not being part of any of this, is able to shop it for him. Gets it to Broadway. I don't know. If you're being really super meta fun, gets it to Mel Brooks. And cast Cleavon Little. <laughs> <laughs> cast Cleavon Little as Harry. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Um, so it's telling their it's telling their story the first time, um, and then all the way through being exonerated for the the robbery of the Glenbro Savings Branch. It would it would have the tone uh, somewhere between like Murder by Death and like Best in Show. The mo- this the movie version of it, right? It would be kind of awkward meta. <laughs> well, almost would you be going for more of a. Well, because mockumentary-ish type no, of. No, in, in my head, 
and I know I'm stretching on you guys. I'm sorry. One scene would be Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. And then the next, well, maybe in flashback, and then the next scene would be from the play telling the same story, and it would be Cleavon Little and Seth Rogen. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> but it would be chronologically the same. Same. It would be good to have the actors as completely, or the characters as played by completely different actors. And then it would go like, no, no, and it would jump from the stage play back to the That's real life. Not That's how it not hap- how, how it happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's that is meta, but I I kind of like that because <laughs> I think that'd be fun. Yeah, that's my magic wand. You want some trivia? Yes. Oh, okay. Here we go. A lot of the extras are actual inmates. Okay. From an Arizona state prison. Did you notice that um, not Al Bundy was in this? I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Mike Ermitrout slash actual name Jonathan Banks. Cuz. Yeah. Oh, cuz. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's more to that later, but um, most of Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder's scenes were ad-libbed together. And if you think about it through that filter, it makes sense because Richard will just do a Richard thing for two minutes and then stop, and then Gene Wilder goes. Like when they freak out. In the hallway, in, in the prison. <laughs> yes. And he does the. I can't make the noise, but. I know what you mean. Richard Pryor was the first black actor to get $1 million for a movie on this movie. Kudos for him. Kudos for him. Yeah. That he probably smoked it all up. Ah. Uh, it's a good chance. Did I also mention way earlier that the title of my sequel to this would be called Exonerees? No. <laughs> okay. That'd be the title of my movie uh, for this. This was the movie during which Richard Pryor poured Bacardi 101 on himself. Just before? During during the filming of this and set himself on fire. Yeah. Which actually. I forget that it's Bacardi 101. It makes sense. Which. Because why would you. Ultimately caused him to get sober, which um, kept Richard Pryor in the world for another 17 years, I think. So. They did plan a sequel that was abandoned. Don't know what they were going to do with it. They turned this into a TV show, didn't they? That I There's don't. There's something that I remember. Like that the, I it, don't it, know. Did not, it did not do well, and I think it was canceled in less than a, like a half a season. But I'm almost certain that they turned this into a TV show. One of five movies where Gene Wilder is wrongly accused of a crime. I did not list the other four. Silver Streak uh, would be one of them. Because, Silver Streak, yeah. um, Frisco Kid, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, and Another You. So mostly Richard Pryor. <laughs> so uh, mostly Richard Pryor. Eh? So yeah. Did you ever notice the? Um, maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. There's a ring that Grossberger's character is wearing on his hand. No, I never noticed. So the guy that played Grossberger is an MIT graduate. He's a genius. He's like a fucking MIT grad. Was that him actually singing? Yes. Okay. It's a it's a brass rat ring. Brass, brass rat, rat ring. ring. It's only given to MIT graduates, uh, as he is. They allowed him to wear it because... Why not? He asked his way into this role because he's, he's an MIT grad. What the fuck does he know about acting, right? Right. But he he was good. He fit the part physically. And uh, we're like... Okay, it kind of adds to his character, I think. Because like, if, Gross, if Grossberger hit you with that fucking ring, you, you'd extra feel it, right? <laughs> right. I would think so. 
um, the film actually helped the prison where it was filmed to get a rodeo. The warden at the rodeo where it was filmed, or <laughs> the warden at the prison where it was filmed had actually been trying to get a rodeo for two or three years. Couldn't get the funding. Interesting. So, mm. like, yeah, let us do this for you. Wasn't a full-on, like, actual rodeo. You might want to have better security. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. In my side notes, again, the warden's teeth are bad. <laughs> Stir crazy. Does it still hold up? Uh, Final I, thoughts. Uh, it's hard to say in regards to still, does it still hold up? Because I only saw this I, a handful of years ago. Um, but the one thing that Stir Crazy improves on from Silver Streak is that Wilder and Pryor get equal screen time from the beginning to the pretty much end of the movie. Sure. And having that, it makes the movie in some ways better. Because of that, I think the plot's a little weaker in some ways. I'll give you that, but you know, I'm not. There's no way two guys. There's no way two guys arrested for the exact like not the same crime. Like you robbed the bank and you robbed the bank in in Poughkeepsie and Chicago. You're going to prison together. No, not the 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 two guys that robbed the same bank aren't going to the same prison. Also, there's no way that the witness that's going to get them and exonerate them is going to go. Like in the first twenty minutes, go. Are you a real bird? And then she's actually going to know that the second time these guys grab those suits and dress up, that she's going to see a tattoo on a hand. There was an extra bit of trivia. Um, Richard Pryor refused to wear that costume outside of the publicity shots. Right. So the guy in Richard Pryor's costume, right, is wearing blackface. Oh no. So he had to get into a costume, but before that, they had to put him. Yeah, and it's the same guy in both versions. In the quote, you can also tell that you really can only hear Gene Wilder singing yeah. in that yeah. whole thing. But it is funny that the girl that was daftly unaware that asking whether or not he was a real woodpecker is would the, still be the one that would exonerate <clears throat> them. On I recognized the tattoo on their hand, and it wasn't the same man. <laughs> Your Honor, I move to strike because the witness is, is an, an idiot. An idiot. <laughs> it's a little girl, but she's an idiot. Um, I said, well, the film is funny. The movie shifts tone into a sort of tense heist prison break movie. And I think that because there's less laughs in that, it loses some momentum. It doesn't ruin the movie. It just loses a little bit of speed because of that. It it increases the speed in a different way. Sure, it's just not as funny. Okay, we've talked about that before. No, it's not, We're no, it's not, not going to beat it over. Beat it's not, it. It's not funny at all. Yeah, um, well, but what? Yeah, some laughs. Maybe. Yeah, but what makes the movie work is Wilder and Pryor's on screen chemistry as a great comedy duo, where they never appear to try to outdo each other. They just, like you said, they fill a void that you didn't necessarily realize that that was there. Until they were both there. Yeah. We talked about it before. There's no way they would get convicted that quickly. But in some ways, <laughs> right. it's funny at the same time. When they're standing there and it's like, do you request a wave trial? No. No, no. Yes, yes. sir. Yes, what? sir. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> um, it's an ass. The, the plot in itself is asinine, but you get past it because you get to watch a movie for two hours with Wilder and Pryor. And that's what makes it work. The chemistry between the two of them is... I don't want to say if you put anybody else in this movie, it would be boring. But 
it has a couple of tempos, you know? It's like a New York kind of buddy movie for the first 10, 15 minutes. Then it shifts to, like, buddies on the road movie. And then it shifts to basically a buddy cop movie, but they're in prison. Right. And it does, the, it, it makes those transitions just, I mean, it's it's channel change, click, 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 but it's it's clean. There's nothing left over about it. I love this movie. I love Richard Pryor. He is the first face on my Mount Rushmore of comedy. Do you have a Mount Rushmore of comedy? I don't know if I have a Mount Rushmore of comedy. If, if you if you got put on the spot, fuck a fuck a chaser question this week. I'll just ask you one. If Give you me a ha- second. And for Nathan on the spot means he just had a piss break and he's had time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be your Mount Rushmore of comedy? We also um, have a, we also have a chaser question which we'll dig into in a minute. Um, it's okay if, if it takes my Mount Rushmore of comedy is. God, I don't listen to a lot of stand-up so it's should i go can i what, can i go first no let me go okay go i would put prior on there for sure uh absolutely um <laughs> i hate saying the name now but 20 you, years you can ago say, you can say bill cosby it's i okay. sure can because he'd be up there too bill cosby's fucking funny man um, he is a rapist he's a rapist but he's, he's fucking a, funny. He's, he's a sexual assault rapist but his comedy is funny um i would probably I put um bob newhart I don't hate that either. I love Newhart. Um, I love that all. No years, one played the straight man better than he did. I love that all yours are clean. You you definitely have a type. Well, Richard Pryor is not clean. What are you talking about? He was said, he, he was when he started. Yeah, but I think I'm more familiar with his not clean stuff. But you, um, went, you went Cosby. You went Richard Pryor, which is cool. Cosby, then Newhart, clean, clean in performance. I hope you say Woody Allen. I was going to go with Dane Cook. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm just gonna, just gonna go with there. No, honestly, I'd probably say Chappelle. That's <sighs> if no, you know, mm, you can say whoever you want, man. If there are five people, I might put Robin Williams on there as well. If there were five, yeah, but get, there's only four. There's I know. only four. <laughs> then it's going to be Cosby, Pryor, Newhart, and fuck Robin Williams. Robin Williams. I would say Lucille Ball. Oh yeah. Okay. I would say Richard Pryor, for sure. I would say George Carlin. Every answer is right and wrong at the same time. Hannibal Burris is a fucking fiend, man. He's great. Yeah. Uh, John Mulaney is great, too. Lenny Bruce, Lucille Ball. George Carlin. George Carlin. Richard Richard Pryor. Pryor. That's my Mount Rushmore comedy. Um, Take it, leave it, hate it, love it. I don't fucking care. You can have your own Mount Rushmore. Yeah, you can have your own Mount Rushmore in this scenario. That's, That's mine. Um, our actual chaser this week, sorry for not getting your name, and I've already pre-read this question, and I'm going to read it again for the third time, and I'm going to fuck it up real bad. If you were in a buddy pick, bromance comedy, who would follow the script and who would improvise? Well, based on that, I would say Nathan would follow the script because that's who Nathan is, and I would improvise. Because that's who Travis is. Because <laughs> that's who I am. But the question continues, what would your unlikely scenario be? Freaky Friday type situation where you swap places with teenagers at a pizza shop <laughs> or two greatest American hero type scenario where one of you gains superpowers and the other is the trainer uh, trainer best friend slash agent in charge. That is definitely greatest American hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or three Pleasantville scenario where you get pulled into your D&D game. <laughs> um, 
I would I would argue that uh, scenario one and scenario three would be the same because Nathan and I would play that out the same. Nathan would still be the same cautious, um, ask fourteen million questions player or character. Or <laughs> I would say who's at the who's at the soda shop? Steve's there. Cool. I'm gonna fight him. <laughs> Is how that would happen. So let's go with scenario. Roll for initiative. <laughs> So I say let's roll those out and go with scenario two, where it's greatest American hero type scenario, where one of us has superpowers and the other has to be like, hey, man, let's think about this. And actually, now that I say that, I know how that would play out, too. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I know. They're all good and, in essence, bad scenarios at the same time. <laughs> so whoever whoever asked that, uh, the answer is basically the same for each one. Um, but we can boil the second one down into if I had the superpowers, I would pretty much do whatever I wanted, and Nathan would be my trainer, going like FBI agent. Hey, what if what if instead of just like taking all the money out of the banks, you took it out of the banks from countries that were doing atrocities toward humanity? And I was like, I'll get to them, uh, but if, first I'm starting in Alabama. And then I'm going to go down to Kentucky, up to Kentucky, but then and drink if, all their bourbon. But if, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would basically, I would be, I would be Superman from Superman three when he's all right. fucked up. <laughs> uh, and if Nathan had the superpowers, he would be Superman from Superman one and two. <laughs> and I would basically, I would. When be I lo- finally got laid, I'd lose my superpowers. I would, but, much. but I would be Lois Lane. I would be the one smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol. <laughs> I think is how that would boil. No, that works well for me too because when I'm a superhero, I'd finally had a chance to get laid, and when I got laid, I'd lose my superpowers unless I used a kryptonite condom. <laughs> but that would, of course, kill me. Uh. I think you can thank my wife for that one. Oh, uh, was that a Lisa question? That was a Lisa question. Oh, okay, that's why it had no name. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's I mean, a good, so the it's answer a good is, one. It's funny. The answer is basically the same. I'm always going to be a dirt bag. You're always going to be a dork. Dork. Dirt right. bag in the dork. I'd read that comic book. Fuck yeah, dude. We should we should write that up. <laughs> dirt bag in the dork. Limited six, series. Six issues. Oh, holy fuck, gang. Okay. What a fun episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. So our next double feature is going to be the is Star gonna, Wars is trilogy it, is, is what it, you said. Is there going to be a 50? We're going to do 50 next? Yeah, because right. that'll be our 50th actual double feature, which will be a triple feature. Now, since, Makes sense. Since I posited Star Wars, I've had some time to think. We have one no, other no. choice. We have one oh. other choice. Alien? We can do the Alien trilogy. Star Wars? Alien trilogy. You'd rather? I'd rather. Kind of. I wouldn't have a problem doing either. You know what you can do? You can get on any podcast platform and type in stuh and it's going to say star wars you're not going to type in al and get alien <laughs> i think i think we could we could probably cover the alien trilogy i think we should do alien trilogy instead of star wars okay so in the number 50 so in the time period it took us to talk about silver streak and stir crazy we we went from Star Wars Trilogy to Alien Trilogy. All right. We did. Are, are you going to sit down and watch all three Fuck and yeah. take notes? How? Okay, we should talk off mic about how we're going to note that. Yeah. 
You probably should. We're going to get out of here. Like us, follow us, rate us, review us, share it, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell your fucking grandma. I don't care. We're having a good time. Um, Hope you have a good time. But a good time would not involve staying on the moors. So stay off the moors. Six Pack Double Feature is a Clopec Media production. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. We bad. Uh Uh-huh.